Welcome to the FaithBridge Sermon Podcast. Be sure to keep watching immediately after the sermon for Postscript, a weekly podcast with in-depth content and answers to your questions submitted during the sermon. You can also find it on iTunes or at faithbridge.org slash postscript. Something really cool is happening at FaithBridge. More and more people are deciding to resolve for more. Practicing the spiritual disciplines of reading and praying and giving. And already people are seeing changes. As we focus on caring for our souls by connecting with God, little by little, small changes are leading to big results. At home, at school, at work, and in our communities. Reading God's Word draws us closer to Him. It opens our eyes to His teaching and it gives us a better picture of who He created us to be. Praying and talking with God aligns our hearts with Him and it ministers to our own soul. And giving to the Lord helps us fully commit, surrendering a portion of our treasure to Him. And like anything worth doing, it takes practice. It takes time. If you've put it off or you're burned out, it's never too late to start or restart. Find a pace that works for you. A rhythm you can sustain, not just for a few days, but for the long run. One foot in front of the other, move towards your goal. You'll get better with each step. And you don't have to do it alone. That's why FaithBridge exists. People are here practicing their spiritual disciplines together. Encouraging one another. Keeping each other on the path. And putting the outpouring of God's life change to work. As our soul gets healthier, the rest of our life gets healthier. More and more people will begin to show the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that comes with a soul connected to God. And our spouses, our friends, our coworkers, everyone we interact with will begin to see the difference. Just imagine what that looks like when we do it together. In our small groups, serve teams, and grow groups, challenging and encouraging each other to stay on the path. Our entire church called FaithBridge gets healthier with each commitment to resolve for more. And as our relationship with God gets deeper, our impact in the world gets wider. Being the life-changing hands and feet of Jesus. Making a real tangible difference in our community and our world. And that's really cool. Join us. Read. Pray. Give. Resolve for more. That's right. Welcome. So glad that you are here at Faith Bridge today. If you're on the Klein campus, welcome. If you're at the Woodlands campus, welcome. If you're online, however it is that you're here, we're really glad that you're here. So I should also say, if you're kind of new in the faith journey and maybe doing some exploration, really glad you've jumped in. And if you're a long timer and just continuing to grow, super as well and everybody in between. So we've been in this interesting series here in January that we've been calling Resolve for More, which I've been so heartened uh, to receive the feedback that you've been sending. Um, some of you veterans saying, you know, this was so good, just going back to some basics, have kind of gotten rusty, gotten away from those things. That is so good. Some of you who are on the newer side, you're like, oh my gosh, this is just blowing my circuits and, and thank you for teaching us like just like how to read the Bible and how to pray and generosity. These are just so like really eye-opening truths. Fantastic. So as we come to the end of January, our real hope is that we'll continue to move uh, deeper into these things that we've been talking about. Not that they'll just get smaller and smaller in the rearview mirror and become an afterthought uh, of what we talked about in January, but that we'll continue to drill into these things. So on your way out today, we've got a little, uh, little party favor for you. It's, a, it's one of these little magnets that you can put on your fridge to hold your kid's artwork up and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a little reminder, read, pray, 
give of the things that we've been uh, talking about. And so the ushers will have those in baskets and you can get one of those on your way out and we'll just continue to uh, drill into those things as we move into February. So today, Luann Riley is gonna bring God's word to us. She is a uh, gifted individual, able to just speak in such a clear way to our souls and is gonna to talk to us about this um, important subject that I'll just let her introduce to you. She is our discipleship director. And so why don't we right now in all of our rooms welcome Luann as she comes to bring us God's word. Thank you, Pastor Ken. Well, good morning. My husband, Justin, and I, and our twin boys, Beckett and Eli, we set some resolutions for this year, and it's the first time that our boys have gotten in on the action. So we set them down around the kitchen table in January, and we had them set two resolutions for the year, a school goal or resolution and a life or activity goal or resolution. And so my Beckett, he chose karate, or as he's quick to remind you, martial arts mom. He chose that, and so he's just getting started. So he set a goal of being a yellow belt. And so week after week, he's been working on his kicks and his punches. And honestly, I'm not sure that we thought this out because we have twin boys who are kicking and punching, but he loves it. And uh, even this weekend, he said that he's decided that he's gonna be a black belt. Uh, so that's going well. And then I have my Eli who has chosen basketball for the first time. And so this would be the first season that he's ever played. And so he's been in the driveway practicing and he decided that his goal was gonna be to make one shot in a game. And so he's been practicing with his team and in the driveway. Well, the first game came a few weeks ago and we quickly discovered that making a shot in a game is completely different than making a shot in your driveway. And so the first game, Eli didn't really have an idea of what was happening and he, he never even got the ball. And so he was frustrated. And he said, mom, this is, this is hard. And he even mentioned during the week of quitting or giving up. And so his dad coached him and worked with him some more in the driveway and at practice. And so the second game came. And so this time in the second game, he had a little better idea of what was happening. And so he got under the goal and he got a rebound and he actually got a chance to make a shot. And now he missed this shot, but we celebrated because what a step to actually get to take a shot in the second game. Well, he practiced some more and he was so excited. He's like, I'm going to do this. So the third game came last weekend and he's standing under the goal and the guys are rushing towards him and they pass him the ball and he gets the shot and he makes it. He made the shot in the game. And so, yes, the crowd went wild. Well, maybe not the crowd, but his mom and his dad and his brother certainly did because this was huge and we were cheering him on. So proud of him. And I think about Eli and how frustrated he got and how quickly he wanted to give up when it got hard and how important that coaching was from his dad and our encouragement. And I see this in our spiritual lives as well. In this series, we're resolving for more in our relationship with God by committing to connecting him through regular Bible reading and prayer and generosity. We're committing to no longer just focusing on the outside, the window dressing, but focusing on the inside of us, the eternal part of us, our souls. 
seeking to be transformed from the inside by setting aside time to talk with God and hear from God, to learn more about Him, and to be continually more submitted to Him. And what many of us have found out, maybe in the last few days, that staying the course on this challenge, it can be tough. You see, God didn't create us only to spend time with Him alone. He created us as healthy individuals playing a larger role in the body of Christ known as the church. Just like Eli needs his family to keep him on the path and keep him encouraged, we need our family too. This body of believers here at Faithbridge to help us stay on the path and keep us encouraged to keep going. And the Bible talks about this in the passage that we're gonna look at today. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Hebrews chapter three. If you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hands. The ushers are coming forward. And if you don't have a Bible, please keep this one as our gift to you. Now, if you're new to Bible reading or you're not that familiar with the book of Hebrews, you're gonna find it about three quarters of the way through the Bible. It's towards the back half of the New Testament. And so while you're turning there, let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for this time that we have together today, God. I thank you for the truth that we find in your word. Father, I just ask during this time that you would uh, speak through me, that you would open our ears and open our hearts to the word that you have for each of us today, God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just come now and that you would teach us and to ask these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. So Hebrews chapter three, verses 12 and 13. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So fellow Southerner Andy Stanley, he's the pastor of North Point Church in Atlanta, Georgia. He has a way of translating this verse that this Southern girl can understand. So in verse 12, it says, see to it brothers and sisters. Who is that? Who are the brothers and sisters? That's us, that's me and that's you or where I'm from, it's all y'all. And so see to it, all of y'all, see to it what? That none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. Better said in Southern speak is all y'all look after each other's hearts. Now, if all y'all look after is not like a normal phrase in your household, I'm gonna teach you how to use it. You can thank me later. Okay, so imagine or pretend that you're going out of town. And so you might say to your neighbors, hey neighbor, I'm going out of town. Can y'all look after my dogs? Or my chickens or whatever you have. Or you might say to older siblings, you might say, I'm fixing to get in the shower. Can y'all look after your brother? And in this, we're looking after each other's hearts. See what the verse says, we're checking in on each other. We're taking care of each other. We're making sure that no one's heart is drifting towards sin or that they're losing heart. Here's the thing about holiness or becoming more like Christ. It's not something that we just naturally drift towards, that we just easily move towards. There's this constant battle between our flesh, 
what we desire and the desire to become more like Christ. There's a battle going on in our souls. And so it's our nature that if we begin to drift, we drift towards sin. It's kind of like this. Imagine with me, if you can, that you are out in an ocean and you're on a motorboat and you're trying to make your way up the shore to find the right harbor. You've got to keep the engine running. You've got to keep a hand firmly on the tiller because if you don't, there's no guarantee that you'll drift into the right direction, but there's pretty much every chance that you want. You can drift right into the rocky shore, out into the sea where you can't find land. If you think about it, our walk like Jesus is like that. We have to keep our eyes firmly fixed on him, pursuing him with our whole heart so that we don't drift into sin. But the thing is, we can't look after each other if we don't know each other. It's really hard to know someone when you're here in a row with hundreds of people staring at the back of their heads. And if we're honest, that place is most comfortable for us. But to really know someone, we have to be intentional. We have to sit face to face or in a circle and hear each other's stories and struggles. Because the truth is, we're all really good at looking okay, even when we're not okay. I know. I know what it's like to drive to church arguing with your spouse all the way here, or not even speaking to your spouse all the way here, and then to get out and paste on this big, bright smile like everything is fine is the way we make my way, make my way to the seat. And we all do this, we all create this facade and what Christian community does, it lets us go beyond the facade. It lets us see the real us, the one who's struggling to keep our marriage together, battling chronic illness, dying under the weight of parenting alone, or barely keeping it together financially. These relationships and community, they let us open that door and let people see the real us let people really see what's happening in our souls. I was married two years when my husband and I decided that it was time to start a family. And so we threw the birth control in the trash and we bought the little shirts that say, I'm the big sister for our dogs to wear. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then month after month, we waited for the good news and the opportunity for our dogs to wear those shirts. And after a year, I realized that something must be wrong. So we went to the doctor and that began our long journey with infertility. Uh, countless doctor's appointments, endless procedures, lots of medication, our journey with loss. And in the middle of it, God moved us from Alabama to Houston away from our family and away from our community. And so when we got here, we began attending a new church and we even joined a small group there. And Sunday after Sunday, I went to church looking like the happy part of a couple who had it all right. Oh, I would nod along to the teaching and I would sing the worship songs. And even in small group, I would contribute what I knew about the Bible. And if anyone asked us how we were doing, I would say, oh, we're just fine. We're trusting God's timing. 
but inside was crumbling. I was dying. The weight of the disappointment of just month after month getting bad news when I felt like I was doing everything right. I was becoming angry towards God. It took a toll on my relationship with him. I was becoming distant. I wasn't setting aside time to talk with God or to read the Bible. And if I did pray, it was one prayer, Lord, give us a baby. And I don't know how long this would have gone on if it wasn't for the women of our small group. They pursued a relationship with me and they invited me places. And one night I went to a dessert place with them and one of the ladies, she sat down beside me and she said, how are you doing really? I've been there, I've been through infertility and I know it's hard. How are you holding up? And with those questions, the whole story just came out. I was weeping and I admitted that I was angry with God and I was frustrated and I didn't understand it. And why is it so easy for everyone else? Why doesn't God love me that much? I felt forgotten. And I'll never forget what she said to me that night. She said, I know, I've been there. She told me some of her story and she said, what can happen in these times is that you can want that thing, whatever that thing is in your life. For you, it's a baby. You can want that baby more than you want God. And she was right. And that night I opened the door and I let someone in. I let someone check on me and see about my soul. And she took my hand and she set me back on the path to God. And it's in these kind of relationships where we're sitting face to face, where we're sitting in a circle that we can ask and honestly answer when someone says, how are you doing really? In this season, what is God teaching you in his word? What are you hearing from him when you pray? How have you seen God working through your generosity? How can I pray for you? And here's what you'll find when you enter in these kind of relationships, is that we are all broken, sinful people in desperate need of God's grace. That inside of us, we all have a heart that's prone to wander, prone to drift towards sin. But our God, in his great love for us, he sent his son Jesus to die for us so that we can experience the forgiveness of sins, the hope of eternal life, but so we can enter into his family right here. We get to be part of the body of Christ. Together, we get to experience his love and his grace. And together, we keep each other on the path to holiness. Not only do we need these relationships to keep us on the path to holiness, but we also need them to encourage us to keep going. Take a look again at verse 13. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I think about my Eli and the smile that he gave us when we were encouraging him and the renewed energy he had to get back in the game. And it doesn't take much to see how important encouragement is in our lives. But biblical encouragement isn't about performance. 
It's not about just complimenting someone's hairstyle or uh, congratulating them on a sales presentation. The encouragement that the Bible speaks of is Christian encouragement. It's the kind that is intentional. It speaks to our hearts. It cares about our souls. It points to the evidence that God is working in our lives and our situations and assures us that everything we face is in his control. It's the kind that encourages us to keep reading the Bible even when it feels hard and to pray even when we don't feel like it. And to give generously to the things of God when all the things of the world are competing for our resources. One of the essential pieces of resolving for more in our relationship with God is being surrounded by believers who speak these faith-building words into our lives. It's so important, in fact, that the verse tells us to do it daily, today, every day. As long as we're between sunrises, we should be speaking words of encouragement to either each other, words that lift people up, words that comfort people, words that keep people running towards Christ. Because when doubt creeps in, when we're struggling to forgive, when that anger that we feel is maybe becoming bitterness, or we're struggling with trusting God when he hands us an unforeseen family illness, it's the words of our community that keep us going. My friend in our small group is in a particularly hard season in her life right now. Um, Her father has been fighting cancer for some time now, and it's been a long battle, and they recently found out they're not sure how much time they have left. And I emailed our group and asked for stories of encouragement, and she was the first to respond. She said that the way that our group has prayed for her dad and prayed for her and supported her through this has left her not only feeling encouraged, but it's kept her going by pointing out how God is working in our family, even if it feels hard. When tragedy strikes, When we're in seasons of pain and suffering, it can be so easy to put these walls around our heart and distance ourselves from God and be hardened against him. But encouragement, it keeps us from that. Encouragement, it points us back to the hope that we have in the gospel that this life is, it's temporary. And one day we will enter into his presence together with each other. God is the architect of our hearts and our souls, and he has given us a life-giving, life-changing gift in Christian community. And it's this kind of community. It's what Faith Bridge is built on. It's more than just a place for like-minded friends. Rather, the community found in our serve teams and our grow groups It's God's way of keeping us on the path and growing us and using us in the lives of others. For the past three weeks, Pastor Ken has challenged us to revisit these spiritual disciplines or perhaps even start for the first time these spiritual disciplines that grow us in our relationship to God. And many have found out, many have overcome the fear and the intimidation of reading the Bible 
and many have learned how to pray and really have begun engaging God that way for the first time. And many have taken a brave step to give financially, maybe for the first time. And what we've all found out is that it's one step at a time, day by day, week by week. But this step, doing spiritual things with other people, for some of you, it feels huge. Maybe you've been hurt before. Maybe you feel like you don't fit in. Or maybe you're like me, afraid to let people in and see what's really happening. But Faith Bridge, your church, this body of believers, we want to take this journey with you and you with us. It's why we exist is so we can all pursue God together. And we're all on different steps in our walk with Jesus, and that's okay. What's most important is that we're moving forward together with love and grace and encouragement, one step at a time, day by day, week by week. So let's take this step. Let's resolve for more together. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for this community of believers here at FaithBridge, God. I thank you for the life that we find in community, God. I thank you for the people who are investing in relationships, God. It takes time and being intentional, God. And so I pray that you would continue to strengthen those relationships and that you would deepen those relationships, God. I pray that you would take away our fear of being transparent and that we would let people in, God. I pray that we would be a community of people who care about each other and look after each other's hearts, God, as as we do this together, God. Father, I thank you for the way that you made the way for us by sending your son to die, God, so that we could enter into this community that you have for us, God. I pray we would continue to seek you through our quiet times and our times alone with you, God, but then I pray that we would seek you together, sharing and teaching each other what you're showing us. God, I thank you for the gift of community, and I thank you for the gift of Jesus. And it's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Welcome to Postscript. Here we hope to answer your questions and help you dig deeper into the messages and sermons at FaithBridge by talking with the teacher of the day. Hello and welcome to Postscript. My name is Adam McIntyre and I am joined today by Luann Riley, who just preached part four of our Resolve for More series on uh, encouraging us to look after each other's hearts. Uh, Luann, thank you so much for being thank here you. with us today. Really enjoyed your sermon. Uh, we got a handful of questions. Sure. I'm just going to dive in. Um, the first question is, um, you know, oftentimes we'll, when we see someone that we know, we'll ask, hey, how are you? Uh, and then the stock answer is good, doing fine. Um, but really, one of the challenges you gave us is we want to um, dig in more of that. We want to actually find out how people are doing, get authentic, real answers beyond just fine, how are you? Um, so how do we do that? How do we 
ask someone how they're doing, but in a way that actually gets them to respond in an authentic, honest way? Yeah, I think that's a good question because I think all of us are busy, right. crazy. You come here on Sunday, you're trying to get your kids checked in and get back and get into service. And, and so uh, we pass each other in the grocery store. We pass, how are you? Fine. Good. How are you? Good. Right. And that's yeah. the end of it. And that's just sure. what we do. Um, so I think the first part is that we have to be intentional with our time. Yeah. And so when we are um, seeking to engage people, it looks like having more meals together. It looks like having coffee together. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like setting aside time for the people in our lives that, um, that we care about, that we right. want to know more about. Um, you know, I think that um, besides just the regular, how are you doing? Um, one of Ken's popular questions is, how's the state of your soul mm -hmm. getting beyond? Um, I know people who know me well know that I struggle with migraines and, mm -hmm. and different things. And so people will often ask me, how are you doing with that? Right. So maybe asking rather than just how are you, but how are you doing with that thing that I know is happening right now? Right. A lot of times uh, if I see something on Facebook that someone's mentioned, like someone passing away or uh, something they're going through, I try to make a mental note that like next time I see them or to text them and just be like, hey, right. are you doing okay with this? Can yeah. I help? Can I pray? What can I do? Um, but being intentional about those relationships. Absolutely. So it's, you got to make time for them mm -hmm. first uh, and then be specific with what you're mm -hmm. asking them and then um, and ask them in a different kind of way. And um, then make sure you have time to listen. Right. Um, because asking the question doesn't show, just asking the question doesn't show that you care if you're right. not making time to listen and process yeah. and be there for people. So making time for that. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and specifically with this resolve for more challenge, we want to hold each other accountable as we are resolving to pray more, to read more, and um, to steward um, our, our money well. Um, and so how do you ask those questions of people? Mm -hmm. um, how do you hold each other accountable, but in a way that is, that's loving uh, and it doesn't seem like you're being judgmental or, or self-righteous yeah. or anything like, like that? Like, um, are you giving, let me see your right, checking yeah, account. Exactly. Um, no, I, well, first of all, there has to be a, a relationship yeah. in place. Um, and what community does is it fosters those relationships right. where we get to hear people's stories and we get to understand where they came from um, and what they're going through and what it looks like, you know, my walk with the Lord and what it looks like for me to read the Bible and pray and give might look very different for whatever season of life that you're in. Um, and so understand that and being able to ask specific questions around that. Um, I think one of my favorite things to do is to always ask how they've seen God through that. Mm -hmm. Like what has God been teaching you in reading the Bible mm -hmm. rather than trying to just focus on, did you read the Bible today? Right. Um, because it can become a box that we check. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things of, okay, check, I read my Bible today. Check, I prayed today check. I think our right. finances are in order. Um, but what we really, we don't want to be just checking the box. Right. We want to be seeking God through that. And Absolutely. so asking people, what has God told you or what are you praying for and how have you heard him? Um, or even asking for um, stories about how you've seen God grow you by giving yeah. or what has he done through your generosity um, yeah. that you can share and celebrate with other people. Absolutely. Those are great questions. And like you said, having that community first is key. You're building that trust mm -hmm. so that people can feel comfortable and mm -hmm. confident and, and sharing um, those very deep personal issues 
Um, so thank you. That's, that's very helpful. And then another person wrote in and they talked about how life is just so busy, uh, especially, you know, you're working jobs, you have kids and a family and, and uh, oftentimes it can feel like you have no spare time, but you are challenging us to throw community into the mix, mm -hmm. uh, to get plugged into community. And for a lot of us, it can feel like, man, I just don't have the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so what would you say to someone who says, I just don't have the time? Yeah, um, I would say that I totally get that. Um, when my husband and I made a commitment to um, be faithful to going to small groups. So for a long time, we were in a small group at a church and we were marginal attenders. Um, so we went when we weren't out of town or we weren't traveling or work wasn't too much. It was just kind of like a thing we did mm -hmm. if we weren't doing something else. Right. And we really felt in our walk, the Lord saying like, you need to commit to this and this needs to be a priority. And so mm -hmm. we began having to shift things and rearrange things. We would have to, and we still do now, plan to be back from out of town by Sunday night so that Grow Group can be at our house. Um, there are activities that um, my kids have been involved in that we've had to say, I'm sorry, we, we cannot practice on Sunday nights from this time to this time. Like that is our time that we've set aside for this. Um, and I think at first that can feel, that can feel hard because yeah. it feels like just another thing. But once you do it and it becomes consistently part of your life, you'll wonder how you ever did it without these That's people. Right. Because I can't tell you how many times that my husband's been out of town, something happens, people are bringing meals, they're helping mm -hmm. me with the kids. Like I often think like I could not do this right. without them. And so it's not just something that you go to. It's That's a right. community that you become part of who's integral to helping all the other pieces of your life yeah. work well together too. Absolutely. And so, yeah, sometimes you'll have to sacrifice other things yeah. possibly, or just get really creative uh, mm -hmm. with planning your schedule. But it's, like you said in your sermon, it's, it's so crucial. Just like um, your time with the Lord, absolutely. it's just as important absolutely. to put both of them together to really grow right. and experience what God has for us. Exactly, it's incredibly difficult to grow your relationship with Christ without community. Mm -hmm. They go together. Uh, and so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so for someone who maybe they missed today, they weren't able to actually physically be here, uh, especially for the Grow Group meet and greet that we had after, but they're interested in joining a Grow Group, uh, what would be the next steps for that yeah. person? So here's what I love about uh, the way we do community here at FaithBridge is if you fill out a Connect card mm -hmm. um, on a Sunday or if you go online and make a request, um, you don't get just a automatic generated right. email. You actually get a person who reaches out to you through email, by phone, however you prefer to be contacted. And so they're not looking to just get you into a group. They're gonna ask you questions like, tell me about your schedule. What yeah. day of the week works best for you? Where do you live? Right. What? How can we get you into something that's close to where you live? Maybe your neighbors are already in a right. group. In your yeah. There's a group in your neighborhood. Right. Get connected there. Um, so we really seek to not just connect to someone on a Monday night, but to to truly find a group for you where you can grow in your neighborhood with your people. Um, and so I would say go online or put on the connect card, but know that we're, we're gonna reach out to you and, and we wanna help you on this journey of getting connected into community. That's right, we're not just sending them to yeah, a Bible study. We're not just sending you to a Bible study. Right. We're sending to a group of people right. for you to grow with. And so um, I love the way that we get to talk to people and hear from you. Okay, let's let's find something that, that works. Yeah, absolutely. So 
go online, fill out a Connect card, or you can fill out a Connect card on Sunday morning and turn it in, and we'll get you plugged in uh, to a grow group. Well, Luann, thank you so much you, for being here today, and thank you all for tuning in. We will see you all next week. Thanks for joining us for PostScript. Help us keep the podcast interactive by submitting your questions during the morning services. Learn more at faithbridge.org slash postscript.